You're listening to First Fossil. Because sometimes you simply need someone to help you take that first fossil. Hello and welcome to First Fossil. Fossil, a show where we learn together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Candice Olushola, and today's special guest is a friend of mine who I met pretty randomly um, in, in Ecuador. And this is not from when I was a missionary in Ecuador. It was actually when she was a missionary in Ecuador, like six, seven years after I was. Um, I was traveling with my school, University of Kentucky, and we were doing a medical brigade in Ecuador, and I decided to go to the Galapagos Islands to visit with one of the students that was on the brigade with me, and some of my former colleagues and friends, adoptive aunties and uncles in Ecuador when I was a missionary, were now teachers in the Galapagos Islands. And Jamie was working with them. And so I want you guys to hear her story and some of the things that she's done in her life and taking some first fossil moments. So without further ado, here's my hermanita preciosa, Jamie Diaz. <laughs> hey, girl, how are you doing? Hi, Candy. I'm good. good <laughs> Thanks good. for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. You're just such a fun, bubbly person. I think the world needs to experience all of that especially during um, the quarantine so yes for sure for necesitamos sure tu personalidad. so here we are so, aquí estamos aquí estamos all right so why don't you tell the gente a little bit about yourself uh so just basics about me 26 years young born and raised in dayton centerville ohio but I work and currently live in Loma Linda, California. Awesome. And what for you has been an important first fossil experience for you? So the experience I selected was choosing to study abroad for a semester, um, my senior year in undergrad. I was 21 years old, and yeah, that's the experience I chose. <laughs> okay, so flesh that out a little bit. Can you tell us kind of the, the backstory on how you ventured into that? Like, what what was your thought process? What was going on at the time that made you actually study abroad? Yeah, yeah so I really had, um, it was kind of an inner drive. I had had one previous international experience um, when I was in sixth or seventh grade. I I went to Amsterdam on this um, with this organization called People to People, and I went. It was like a sports competition thing. It was pretty interesting, pretty good experience. I don't think the program is currently active anymore, but maybe it stemmed from that first experience. Um, I went to Amsterdam alone with a chaperone and, and this group with people from there. So I think I'd always been curious to go international again. And then my advisor, I had an advisor 
she was my scholarship advisor and so she had kind of encouraged me I had got a scholarship my my school gave out a good amount of scholarship money for study abroad students anywhere from uh, I think they allocate three thousand per student um, oh, that wow. they can use towards towards any trip uh, study abroad, whether it's short term or long term. Mm-hmm. And then I just knew I just wanted the experience. I think it was just kind of a curiosity. So walk walk me through the process. So you were you said you were what year were you? You said uh, senior year. It was um, the first semester of my senior year. Okay, so first semester of senior year you were introduced to the idea of going abroad or you had been introduced to this junior year over the summer? I guess I had been introduced to it just kind of by my own curiosity, like prior, prior, but I didn't actually go into my senior year. And most students study abroad their sophomore or junior year, but I was a little bit unique in that it was my uh, senior year. Okay. And so... How, what did it feel like in that moment when you decided this is, I know I want to do this and I'm going to do it. And you signed up and you, you know, realized that you got accepted to do the abroad. Like what, was there like conversations you had to have with your parents prior? Did you surprise them and was like, by the way, I'm going abroad. Like <laughs> what did that look like? Honestly, I don't even remember what it was like with my parents. Like, I think they just had to take it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <really> leaving. Did. <laughs> Receive it. Like, really it. Did. Yeah. And um, the scholarship. And then I guess what came to my mind when you first asked me, like, when I was thinking of primer paso, like, of something in my life, what came to my mind was the moment I was actually like at the airport oh wow what Um, was that explain that yeah so my parents just dropped me off and I had been to the airport before it's not like you know it's not like that was unfamiliar but it almost felt like your what I would imagine would be you're about to get off the airplane or like go about to go skydive and you're up on the plane and um, you have all your gear on but you just got to jump. And um, so I remember as I was in that moment, I was like, well, like I have a one-way ticket. Like I am going to stay there for four months. I just, it's in this foreign country. And it's not just like a little mini vacation. It's like I'm literally going to live in a foreign country by myself for four months. And so that's kind of what it felt like. You're just about to jump out of an airplane and go skydiving. That's that's the moment where I was like, okay, that was my first step towards something. Like, you can't see it at the time, but you know it's going to be an experience like that's going to shape and form you, which kind of, like, leads me into the result um, or the outcomes of, of what, it, what that experience has, what is the first step. So that experience was, I would say it was a 100% positive experience. Um, it set the groundwork for, for me to do solo travel to, to the Galapagos Islands. And that's where me and you met um, to teach English and to live in the Galapagos Islands. Um, it, I also um, have been to Jamaica, done solo travel. I went to Jamaica by myself just because I wanted to. And it's also... Um, increase my domestic work opportunities like every time like I just I send a resume and they're like really curious and really interested in and what I did in the Galapagos and what I did in, in Quito for for four months 
And just for context, Galapagos was after Quito. Um, was it a year or two? It was a, about a year after um, I spent four months in Quito studying. Okay, so um, wait, you, cho- you chose to go to Quito as your study ab- abroad location. Yeah. How did yeah, you choose so, Quito? Yeah, so it was actually between, I could have gone to Spain, I could have gone to Costa Rica. My school had different um, agreements or contracts with, with other schools in various countries. Um, so those options were Mexico, Costa Rica, Spain, Ecuador. And, you were trying to go um, Spanish-speaking countries, like that was. Yeah, yeah, that was my intention because okay. um, Spanish. That was another main reason why I uh, wanted to study abroad in the Spanish-speaking country is because Spanish um, is my second language, even though I'm biracial and and my dad's um, Puerto Rican and my mom's American. I I didn't know Spanish growing up, and I always wanted to be able to communicate with um my my abuela my abuelo my tío like i and and everyone whenever i would go to puerto rico as a child and um i could never communicate so it bothered me so much like my motivation to learn a different language was very high unfortunately because of assimilation and um a lot of um just uh I don't know how you say assimilation in the eighties and it wasn't as celebrated back in the eighties and nineties, like knowing two languages as it is today. So that's why my dad never spoke to me in Spanish. And I just like, I put all the effort. Um, I remember crying like in my junior year in high school with my high school Spanish teacher. And I was like, I don't get this. Like I should know this already. This grammar stuff is ridiculous. And I just like, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to have it. Like I was just, I was, I was, arta. I, was so, <laughs> I was so like, just, oh, it was too much. So, um, so yeah, I forget, is that where we were at? I probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, conversation. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, so you, your, your reason for Quito was a, a language choice or because yeah. of the language options and, um, your background, your heritage, wanting to really Definitely. pick up the language. So, so it's just really random by that I chose Ecuador. It was just super random and it was a good thing because, you know, God had, a plan for all of us and that was I was able to meet you because I chose Ecuador yeah. <laughs> like, later on yeah. yeah yeah so um so did you choose Ecuador to go back as a missionary to like teach and stuff because of your experience in Quito yeah just because of the connections I had um when going abroad there um I attended a church and um and I met a pastor and his wife, and they had um, on one weekend on a retreat that I went on with some of the youth from that church, which was amazing. They they like we all got pushed in the pool at the end of the weekend. It was crazy, and I like <laughs> I twisted my ankle on like this bonfire, and like so I was like limping the yes. whole time. And then they, they end up like pushing me in the pool. It was like the last, <laughs> I was the last one to find and they come and find me and they carry me and they threw me in the pool. It was like so many amazing moments like that. Yeah. That you just like, you'll never forget. And yeah. I, um, just mark, mark your, mark your experience, mark your life in such a positive way. And um, yeah, so I met them on this 
this campaign and they invited me and I was like, well, I got to go back and graduate. Like I got to finish school. And then, you know, you're 21 and a lot of times some people know that they want to continue with school or they want to go into the work field, but I did not know what I wanted to do at 21 um, with my life. So um, I chose to work and save money for a little bit. And then um, I took the pastor and his wife up on their offer and they had transferred from Colegio Aventa de Ecuador in Santo Domingo. They had transferred from there to the Galapagos. And because I transferred, I I was then, you know, sent to the Galapagos. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I love to live on the Galapagos Islands for yeah. a year. And that, that um, Colegio Adventista de, de Ecuador is where I was a missionary in right. 2011. Right, right. And so, right. like, all those people went to the, a bunch of people, some of my former students who are now pastors and some of my mentors that helped me, they got called to work in the Galapagos around the same time that you were there. So, yeah. So can you, can you actually talk a little bit about like the prep to leave? Cause I think that's something that it's people think, you know, oh, I just sign up and then they give me money and then I get on a plane. Like, but I feel like there's things that you have to do to prepare yourself. Like actually, you know, go talk to somebody, talk about, especially if you're, you know, you were that would have been your senior year, so you came back to finish your senior yeah. year, right? Like, so, like, right. what do I need to do when I come back? Or right. um, how do, do, does this affect financial aid? Or does this, like, yeah. I don't know, like, is there certain steps that yeah. someone would need to take to prepare to go and things that they would need to think about in returning if they're if they have to come back to finish a program like a right right so in my situation um well the public school or the public university um study abroad office they always have resources and they they uh, we had meetings i think a series of like two meetings or something like that where they go over like um all the other students that were going to study abroad in a different country we all met together and then we met with the study abroad um uh director uh of the inter um yeah, of the international office, and he he like goes over the basics and like what to expect and money and all all that preparation. So the school has a lot of resources that um, that are always there. You just have to look into them, and then it's a and the meetings were required because um, you know you're leaving the country for four months. So um, and a lot of people were going to like China and like you know like other like foreign countries where it's just like very different. Um, the they go over currency and like. And all that stuff. Culture. And, um, culture, you know. definitely. Yeah, all that stuff. And then um, there's not really a lot of um, – and then they're there for support when you get back. Um, but there's not really – reverse culture shock is totally a thing. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Some students know about, others maybe not. But you just like, because we live in such abundance and first world problems and everything here. And then when you go to other countries, you're like, you know, you see that, how they live and you compare it and you're like, whoa, I have so much. And it's just, it's just, it's a lot. Um, So I recommend connecting with other friends, um, maybe who have had a similar experience so that the reverse culture shock isn't so much. Uh, And... um, 
Yeah, uh, that can be very difficult if you're just dealing with that on your own and no, and you don't know anyone else who has had a similar experience. So it's just like your family isn't going to understand, your friends aren't going to understand. Um, so that's the thing. And then financial aid, um, for me, it was different um, because I had a scholarship. So my tuition was funded already so i just that that tuition funding went to covered my my semester abroad um i'm not sure how i i'm pretty sure it would just be like because you pay your home institution you're just taking those classes at a at a different institution in a different country and and then those got transferred over um you just do an equivalency you just check with your professors in your home institution if this class that you're going to take qualifies, and you just make sure of that before you go. So it's pretty cool. Um, I got to get credit. Um, like, I got to take an international business class in Ecuador. So in that oh, international cool. business class, like, I get an Ecuadorian perspective, and then my teacher, I think she she was um, – she was – Ecuadorian but she had like European influence like she was very like blonde hair like light skin um but she had just amazing experience and so we got to learn so much in the, that class and get it all in a different language in a different perspective and taking an international business class here in the United States just would have had a very like Americanized perspective on the international business culture um and I actually went on to work in international business for a year and a half after um, uh, after the Galapagos, um, where I got to go to Mexico City and travel international. I worked for a multinational company called Aco Brands, and we make uh, school supplies. So, like, all the journals and notebooks and five-star products that you see in Walmart and Target, um, I, I worked to um, do orders for those, um, for international distributors and um, papelerias that are in other countries. And it was really neat. So that was another um, really cool thing that because they saw my resume and they saw the study abroad experience and um, that definitely um, gave me that amazing salary, my first salary job opportunity after after graduating uh, college. So there's a lot of really cool networking experiences and it kind of, it, it, it makes your resume or your CV stand out a little bit after you graduate because you've had these experiences that other people in your school or your program have not had. So it kind of, I would think that it kind of gives you a leg up when it does, Definitely you know, you're you going apart. to look for jobs and things like that. So that's very important for students to know. I think, you know, the the financial piece tends to worry people or, you know, not sure how it's going to correlate with their program back home or the timing, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be delayed. But you, you know, it's... I was not delayed. No, if you prep, if you prep well in advance, um, ask the right questions, do the right research, like there is work you're going to have to do on your own. But, um, there's a lot of resources for that. So that's why you have a study abroad advisor and um, and they help you through that. It's just about taking advantage of your, the resources that are available to you. Yeah. So if you had to like, if you had to 
share a, a lesson for people to take away from that experience for you? What would yeah. you What would you tell people who may be thinking about doing something abroad in the middle of their program? Yeah, well, there's so many like uh, good travel quotes that that I love, but one of them is that sticks out to me is um, is it says once in a while it really hits people that they don't have to experience the world in a way they have been told to. And that's by Alan um, Kitely. And I just love that because I learned so much about myself. It increased my confidence, um, my tolerance to be uncomfortable, and just to really enjoy the adventure of life. Um, uh, I just think, like, what is if when I am like 80 and I look back on my life and I am like, like, I don't want to have regret, like, not having done something. So I just think, like, adventure is what really defines a life um and the there's just so many lessons that I took from it but those being most of them um I wouldn't have done anything differently um there's so much to be said about not having plans and just being flexible going with the flow and whatever comes at you uh, when you travel, perfectionism just goes out the window. You can have a whole itinerary or schedule of what you want to do, but, like, it never gets done. Um, <laughs> Especially in Ecuador. Especially in Ecuador. Like, ya sabemos Ecuador. Yeah. Oh, Ecuador. Como, como yeah. amamos Ecuador. Pero, oof. Yeah. Oh, oh. They had a whole other time schedule. <laughs> I know all the stories you have. (laughs) But yeah, definitely preparation is a part of it. But I would say in comparison to the overall experience, I would say jumping, like that aspect of like jumping out of plane, being at the airport when you're, you know, by yourself and you're like, what what is about to happen? I have no idea. And you're experiencing um, a new country and a new place for the first time in your life. And everything's new to you. Even the mundane. What's mundane to every to the locals around them is, is completely new to you. And it's beautiful. Um, preparation, I would say, is like 10 to 20%. And then just jumping is the rest. You just got to just go. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. I, yeah. It's so interesting because I, I never did a study abroad experience my missionary year was my abroad experience but it's very similar in like the prep in the prep stage all the questions you have to figure out for from the missionary standpoint we have to fundraise we don't get scholarships to be missionaries we have to fundraise to be missionaries and you know you still have your classes there's usually an office there's for my school we had a missionary office so they had classes that we had to take. We had to read books on being missionaries. We had like connect groups that we met up with to really talk about how we're preparing, what we're choosing to pack, depending on where we are going. They had a list of contacts from the from the uh, missionary office for us to take with us. So we, if we needed to call anyone or if we needed to email someone that we had those resources ahead of time. They had to mentally prepare us for whether or not we may have consistent internet, which for some students was like, what? Mm-hmm. We can't have Wi-Fi 24-7? Some places didn't have that. I was in one of those places. 
And so, you know, mentally preparing people for those things. And I was fortunate enough to go with to Ecuador with someone that spoke Spanish. But I mean, in general, going with someone. I didn't go by myself. I wanted to, but my parents were like, absolutely not. You need to bring a friend. So I had to, you know, buddy up with a friend whose parents told her the same thing. And we went to Ecuador together. And so it was nice having someone with me. But most of most of our missionary class went by themselves. So it was a lot of reaching out on Facebook because, you know, that time Facebook was hip hop happening. Um, Reaching out to people on Facebook about what you're going through, the types of experiences you're experiencing, because like you said, whether it's in a broad program or a missionary program or whatever, the experiences that you're going through, really only people who have gone through that can relate. You can try to explain it to other people, but it's it's a little bit mm, flat. I don't know how to, yeah. <laughs> don't know how to explain it. That's an excellent it. word. Yeah, I love like it's 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 really challenging to try to flesh it out for someone for them to actually be interested in what you're sharing with them, unless they're actually interested in maybe doing it themselves or living vicariously exactly. through you, because there are those people as well, and the the reverse culture shock it was way more shocking returning for me than it was going and i think because i have first i have well i have i'm a first generation american kid so the the cultural aspect to me was very similar to my mom's culture when i went to ecuador so i didn't really I was like, oh, this is bomb. Like, yeah, let's do this. Like, give me all the platano all day long. Like, I'll eat these things, you know? And I want to learn all the songs, and I wanted to do all the dances, and I want to learn. Like, literally everything that they were doing, I was just like, just teach me. Quiero aprender. And, you know, it was just so wonderful. And Spanish was a driving force for me, too, um, because Spanish is very heavy in my family. We have a lot of Puerto Ricans in my family. We have Venezuelans in my family. Um, So that was something that I grew up hearing around but I just never picked it up fully and I was like I just need to go somewhere where they only speak it and they can't speak to me in English so I Mm -hmm. really have to lean into the language but the coming back part I wish more more study abroad and missionary programs in school talked about that piece because they were just kind of like yeah when you come back it's gonna be a little challenging Okay, right. but like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't understand. And it's very different from different people. I will say that most, at least from my perspective, from what I see, you can feel free to correct me, but students who have come back from a study abroad program tend to transition back easier than students who are returning from being missionaries. I agree. Okay, because, and maybe it's because they're still in a class setting. It's like, I'm school here, and then I just do school there with really cool experiences. Versus missionary students are going, and they're dedicating their entire life to pour into a community and become part of their culture and live like they do. To then, you it transforms how you even think 
and process life and see how the world works. So then when you come back, you're like, wait a second, hold up. America's got some issues. Right. Um, like serious issues. That's it. And it's, it can feel, and I'm not saying people who study abroad don't go through this experience. I just think it's probably less likely. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that being afraid to come back and being, feeling off, I wouldn't have that shy away from anyone who's thinking about being, right, uh, right. you know, going abroad to study something academically. But I think it's something to prepare yourself for just in case, regardless, because everyone adjusts very differently. Even even some missionaries, of course, like some missionaries went to like Australia or Palau and they were basically surfing most of the time and they came back. They're like, it was awesome. It was like being on the beach for nine months. And we're like, we hate you, but whatever. That is not my life. I lived in a rusty, crusty, dusty room. Okay. My work was never done. Right? Like, I was always behind. They were always adding things to my life. And they're just like, the beach was great. The waves were awesome. So awful. So, you know, people have different experiences, even in their study abroad programs, you know, depending on where you go. Being in China and their study abroad program is going to be different than being in Spain or in Argentina or in Ecuador or in Mexico or in France. Like, every there's still a cultural piece that you have to soak in. And when you come back, you will be different. You should be different. You should expect to want to be different when you come back and bring things that you've learned. But you may not adjust back as easily as you would like, depending. So, you know, things like that to, to consider, process, Really, like you said, talk to people who have done a study abroad or if you're trying to be a student missionary, whatever. Talk to those people. Don't just talk to the people in the the office because they may or may not have actually done it themselves. They may just pa- be passionate about helping students who want to do this. So they may not mm-hmm. have the personal experience to talk to you about it. And it's much easier to talk to someone who's done it recently than it is for someone who's like, in 1963, when yeah, I was no, a... definitely, like, the study abroad office connected me with two former students who had gone to the same school in the yes. same country that I went to. So I got to meet out with them for lunch. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's and if you get to huge, connect... Yeah. Yeah, if you get to connect resource. with students like that even before, they can, yeah. like, give you the heads up. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. so, like, don't ever walk down this street because... or. <laughs> you need to go to this restaurant because it's yes. And then you need to, you know, this teacher is so good at teaching. So you can get resources from students who have gone before. Ask ask the study abroad group, you know, office, who I need as many students to talk to as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I need to know, will they meet up with me? And they usually have students who want to do that, who want to be that resource for other people, especially if they were really passionate about the program they did. Um, so really utilize those students beforehand. They'll tell you what to pack. They'll be like, I wish I packed that, and then I didn't, and then I was stuck there for, for four to nine months, and I was struggling. They'll tell you what snacks to bring. Like, I missed Rice Krispie Treats so badly. They had no Krispie Treats in this whole country, and I was just crying. Like, I mean, oh, you know, there's just things. Yeah. There's just things. Missionary <laughs> students, it's the same thing. You know, they're like, they don't have no Reese's Cups. Like, you know, you're just like... The things that you you don't think about until you're there and you're stuck, right? That's true. So like, there's so many things that you can 
you can look forward to in trying to make this decision and whether or not it's going to be beneficial for what you want to do in life, it can just be such an eye-opening experience. It's not something that I think you should shy away from, even even if you're worried from the financial piece, you know? The schools will work with you if you really want to do it. Like, there are resources to get you the money you need. And some students still end up doing some fundraising to go abroad, which I'd seen in undergrad too. And so don't be ashamed of that, like trying to figure out the the financial piece if it's really something that you desire to do. Run after it. I mean, do everything that you can. Ask as many questions as you have and take that opportunity to do something that you may or may not have the opportunity to do ever again and it'll just you know shape your world a little bit differently broaden Mm -hmm. your horizon um it's cool it's cool to go abroad especially when your parents back you up on it that's also very comforting to know that your parents want you to have those types of experiences as well try to stay connected with friends that are not abroad you know while they're back home as long as the internet's good enough to do so Um, so that way they don't feel like you've up and left and they're not going to hear from you for a long time. Yeah. Um, those, those, those home connections can be very helpful depending on what you do. I don't know as a, as a student missionary, sometimes it makes you want to come back home early. So you kind of have to find balance, but, um, I'm sure there are student, there's, there's probably students who study abroad that may have those same issues sometimes too, depending on if they go and it's just not, the thing that they thought it was going to be for them. And so, you know, find that balance, but still try to stay connected and make as many new friends as possible. Like, yeah, from all over the world, like students are coming from everywhere. And it's just so cool to be like, man, yeah, yeah, I met this kid in my program from like Argentina, Singapore. Singapore. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're from Austria. And it's like, what? Like when would I meet someone from Austria? (laughs) So it's, it's cool. It's really cool. And I admire your bravery to do that. It's, it's a tough decision at a young age to decide whether or not that's for you. But you know, the communication, thinking about it, um, doing your research, I think is really good prep for for opportunities life. like that yeah 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 it's a life. just jump you just gotta jump sometimes yeah too. yeah mm-hmm. yeah get those opportunities while they're while they're there so a hundred percent yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing that experience and hopefully encouraging someone who's sitting there thinking about whether or not I should do a, an abroad program and how to decide what I want to do and if it's for me and who all is it going to affect and what what can I take away from this experience you know oh, it's best to do when you're studying like when you're when you're a student the opportunities to travel are, are endless um because yeah. once you get out you get to the nine to five you get to the whole comfortable the routine it's so much you get more married to have kids yeah, married then... kids yeah Mm-hmm. There it goes. So. Say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Do it while you're young and single. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do it. Exactly. So, if if people have questions for you, 
about you know more details oh, on yeah. what you do I How's... love sharing my experience you can hit me up on Facebook I got I, I still I'm not on Instagram I used to be on Instagram but then I had gotten too addictive for me so I don't have Instagram but I do have Facebook Jamie Lee Diaz is my name yes um yeah you can feel free to add me um just in general I'm friendly always looking for new friends yeah. and I love to talk about my experience so yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's a she's a really good resource to have. Um, she could probably connect you with people that she probably knows from random places too, depending yeah, on probably. depending on what <laughs> you're looking into. That's just that's what happens when you study abroad and you become a missionary somewhere. German, I got friends in Germany, Singapore. Boom. And Everywhere. would that have happened in Dayton, Ohio? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> absolutely no. not. Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. that's 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 the cool part. So please please hit her up um, on Facebook. I know some of you guys are like, "What's Facebook?" I know, I know. We're so old. Leave us alone. Um, just you know, F A C E B O. Okay, it's still awesome. Yeah. You're just you know living your that's own other so lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But thank you guys so much for listening today. And hopefully you learned a little bit more about how the study, abro- study abroad programs work and how they operate, what you can do to look into a study abroad program at your university or your college and really take those opportunities. Um, if there are any other topics that you're interested in hearing, please hit me up on Twitter at First Basel. And if you've had any study abroad experiences that you would like to share with me that I can read in a future podcast, please let me know if there's advice and tips that you have about traveling, about choosing a country, how to connect with certain people while you're abroad, how to stay connected back home while you're gone, and how to maybe assimilate when you get back. Please share those experiences. It's so nice to hear how other people have done something and make it reality for other people who are maybe trying to make those same decisions for themselves. So that's all we're here to do. We're here to help each other get to the next step in our lives and flesh out our stories um, here in life. So um, I hope you guys get some really cool opportunities in the future to go abroad if you've not gone before. And if, it, if you want to take a friend with you, however you want to do it, I just hope you take those opportunities and jump. Just make that jump to to seize the day and learn from those experiences that you may not have in your backyard. So the world is your your oyster. Is that what they say? I don't know my yeah. phrase as well. Or carpe, carpe diem. Carpe yes, diem. Carpe seize the day. Seize the day. Yes, do yeah. it. So until next time, guys, we will talk soon. And Jamie, we will also talk soon, girl, as we always do. So I'll see you later, chica. All right, later. Bye. Bye.